This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, February 10th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, taking a breath from COVID, local real estate boom continues, talking snow midway through the ski season, and a mountain weather forecast. It's time to allow yourself to de-stress from COVID. I am thankful we are in a different place than we were, you know, almost two years ago. We were in a panic mode for a very long period of time, and I don't think that's healthy for us. I, I think that layer of stress that we lived under for a significant period of time was bad for us in so many aspects. That's Dr. Deanna Colliker, Director of Emergency and Trauma Services at the Telluride Regional Medical Center, speaking on KOTO on Thursday. I am no longer in that panic mode. I am not afraid of it drastically harming me or my family members because we are all healthy and all vaxxed and boosted. She adds it's important for each individual to determine their own risk tolerance. If I were someone who had a spouse that was going through chemotherapy, I would be as safe and, you know, risk averse as I possibly could be. And if I had someone in my life that was hearing impaired and impacted more by wearing masks and the people around them wearing masks, I might make a different decision. I think everybody has to make their own decision based on their scenario. Because, Colliker notes, the pandemic isn't actually over and COVID remains a threat to many. It still is um, a uh, risky illness and still impacts people very negatively more than any other recent illness um, or infection. And so I say, me personally, I'm not scared, but it is still a scary situation for a lot of people in our community, in our visitors. As the fear of getting COVID goes down, with the help of vaccinations, the mental and emotional toll of the pandemic remains. We most certainly have seen increased rates of anxiety, increased rates of substance use and abuse as a result of the pandemic. And and I think it is directly related to isolation and to that underlying level of stress that we have all endured. As COVID precautions begin to disappear, Dr. Colliker recommends individuals to take a deep breath as they move forward. Once you make that leap to, okay, I'm going to let go of these things that I felt kept me safe during this time, I could most certainly see that people could experience more anxiety or looking to different coping mechanisms, perhaps not healthy ones, to to try and adjust. If individuals are struggling with stepping away from the stress, Colliker urges people to take baby steps. And I would encourage people if they are struggling with um, anxiety, depression, substance use or abuse to reach out for help um, to the Telluride Medical Center, the Uncompagre Medical Center, to the Center for Mental Health. 
um, to um, Tri-County Health Network. There are lots of resources in um, town that can, um, you know, help you get through this. You are not alone. You, we have seen so many people struggle during this time. And um, th this is this is the time to come out and, and get the help you need. And, um, you know, uh, let's move forward. Those who are struggling with mental health can contact the Telluride Medical Center at 970-728-3848 or the Center for Mental Health at 970-252-3200. 2021 was a record-breaking year for real estate sales in San Miguel County. That's according to data from Telluride Consulting, a local real estate analysis company. Total sales from the year came in at about $1.4 billion, about 25% higher than 2020's record-breaking roughly $1.1 billion in sales. It's really kind of uncharted waters for the market. Jim Lucarelli is the president of the Telluride Association of Realtors. The pandemic, he notes, enabled more remote work, which has allowed people to move out of cities. That's not too surprising for anyone who's been in the Telluride region the last few years and experienced those influxes. But Lucarelli thinks it's a long-term change that's the new normal. There's been three great uh, migrations in the history of America. There was the migration out west after the Civil War. There was the great migration off the farms, off the Depression, after the Depression. And this one's being called the tech migration. People are migrating out of metropolitan areas and every beautiful small town like Telluride, Colorado. But with that higher demand has also come lower supply. According to Lucarelli, there are just four single-family homes listed for sale in Telluride, compared to closer to 40 a few years ago. Tracy Boyce is with Liv Sotheby's and on the Telluride Association of Realtors board. She doesn't see many of those recently sold homes coming back on the market anytime soon. Traditionally, the usage of a typical owner is about five to seven years. So I think we kind of cycled through some sales, and I think people are here to stay for a while. High demand and low supply also mean prices are up. According to the Telluride Consulting data, the prices per square foot of single-family homes and condos in Telluride and Mountain Village all hit all-time highs last year. But even higher prices and the potential for more profit from selling aren't pushing people to put their homes on the market. Lauren Woodward is a broker with Telluride Properties. I found that people even who've had their real estate for a long time and they can, quote, cash out, it's not that they don't want to, it's just there's nowhere for them to go. Lucarelli also sees that reluctance to sell. So normally, if somebody all of a sudden bought a house in Telluride for, call it a million dollars, and two years later it was worth two million dollars, most normal people would go, hey, let's take some profit. Uh, maybe we'll downsize into a smaller condo. Maybe we don't need this big house. Uh, maybe we'll go buy a lot in the ski ranches and build. And the reason why there's so few things in the market is because there's no lateral move today. You know, if you sold your house for five million today, okay, where are you going to go? All these trends could also impact the local taxes on real estate sales that fund many public services. Those tax revenues have skyrocketed recently. Last year, the town of Telluride took in more than double what it budgeted for that income stream. But Lucarelli acknowledges that could change. 
we're getting at a point of such scarcity that I think at some point that might impact uh, the, the growth of that number. And of course, these trends affect more than just the real estate market. Woodward grew up in Telluride and says the town has changed a lot in the last few years. More people than ever can live here and work remotely. Uh, more people are moving here and putting their kids in school. There, it, it has been discovered. I don't feel that there's any way to turn back. It's very crowded. And these are all things that I think the community and all the real estate brokers included, we need to check and make sure that it's the direction that we want to go in. Still, nothing lasts forever. And Lucarelli notes, what goes up must come down. Markets wax and wane like the moon, ebb and flow like the tide. And this last uptick over the last few years has been unprecedented. Where it goes from here, I don't know. There's probably something around the corner that we don't see. If there was a financial crisis, if we went to global war with Ukraine and Russia and all that, sure, things could fundamentally change and things could change quickly. But for the time being, I see no fundamental changes on the horizon and there's very limited supply and everybody wants to be here. And the money that's coming to Telluride is unlimited. It it seems unlimited. There's a way to go in 2022, but the year is off to a hot start. January, Lucarelli says, was another record-setting month of real estate sales. This year, dry January hit the Telluride region in more ways than just less alcohol consumption. For folks looking at the weather, the snow just never seemed to really come. As our own version of a snow dance, KOTO spoke with John Tuckman, snow safety director at the Telluride Ski Resort, about the white stuff. We started the conversation by looking back at how snow has been over the last few months, now that the region is a little more than halfway through the ski season. The snow we've had thus far has been kind of a month-on, month-off pattern, And we had a decent October, very dry November, a very wet and windy December. And then, as you know, a very dry January that's persisted into February. So fingers are crossed that the pattern will persist and we'll have a wet month this month. But it has not started off that way, unfortunately. I mean, what can you say about how this season really has just compared to past recent seasons? Anecdotally speaking, it's a reasonably typical winter in that we often have a pretty good start to the season, some decent storms around the holidays or right before the holidays, and then often a spell of high pressure that lasts for several weeks in the early part of the new year. And that's certainly what we've been seeing. Typically, February and March are the best snow months during the ski season. So All of our fingers are crossed that we will see an uptick in precipitation here later this month. I was pretty surprised when I saw some some numbers for January that it was it was the driest January in something like seven years. It was. We had just over two feet of snow that we measured in January. And it's not unusual that we would have a January that's that dry, but it doesn't happen regularly. You know, like having a January that has less than 30 inches seems like it's something that happens once or twice every decade. Is there any sort of a danger that comes from the snow pattern we've seen where you have a lot of snow and then not a lot of snow for a long time? Or is that is pretty much just not a lot of snow mean not a lot of snow danger? It means not a lot of snow danger in the here and now, but it means a potential for greater hazard down the road. What we've seen with the dry weather 
and large temperature swings is that the snow grains on the snow surface will become such that they, they have a difficult time holding a load. So while it's not much of a problem right now, if you do get snow on top of that surface, it's going to have a very tough time sticking. And we're, we're already starting to see that if you look around the ski area, you'll start seeing little sloughs, we call them, of snow that have started coming out of like the Gold Hill chutes and places like that. And that's a sign that the snow surface is very unstable. It's not creating avalanches that are going to be large enough to injure somebody right now. But again, that's something that we look at. Well, in the meantime, as we wait for that potential snow to maybe come, I have to ask, what is it that you do when um, there's not a ton of snow to be had in the area, (laughs) just in your personal life? Well, I actually take the opportunity to do a little more skiing. And fortunately, we did have a very good December. The base remains pretty solid at about 45 inches plus, which is not bad for how dry it's been. And it's been extremely cold. So You know, the skiing on northerly aspects, the lift nine area, some of the stuff off the prospect ridge, lift 14, it's all been holding up pretty well. And I've been having a good time actually getting some free skiing in. John Tuckman is the snow safety director over at the Telluride Ski Resort. John, thanks for popping in and talking snow for a bit. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, Matt. Live music abounds this weekend. On Friday, Tyler Simmons is playing Heritage Plaza from 12 to 4 p.m. Andy Jones is at the Peaks from 3 to 6. R.C. Hall is playing an Opera Ski at the Transfer Warehouse from 3 to 5. The Gold Kings are at the Phoenix Bean from 6 to 8. And OPU is at the Sheridan Opera House from 9 to 11.30 p.m. Saturday, Danny D'Alessandro is at Heritage Plaza from noon to 4. Head for the Hills is at the Transfer Warehouse from 4 to 6. And Michael Mennert is playing the Sheridan Opera House from 9 to 11.30. Rounding out the weekend on Sunday, Clay Hall is playing Heritage Plaza from noon to 4 p.m. If you missed any of that, check out Koto's live music calendar at koto.org. When in doubt, dance it out. This Monday, the dancing will indeed be coming out on the stage of the Palm Theater, Ailey 2, the renowned dance group and second company of the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, is coming to Telluride for a Valentine's Day show as part of their 2022 tour. Declared by Dance Magazine as, quote, second to none, the modern dance company is renowned for merging the spirit and energy of the country's best young dance talent with the passion and creative vision of today's most outstanding emerging choreographers. Ailey 2 will perform at the Palm Theater this Monday, February 14th at 6 p.m. Tickets are available at telluridepalm.com. It may still be winter, but the summer months are slowly approaching. The town of Mountain Village is now accepting applications for the 2022 Market on the Plaza, the hub for local produce, original artisan creations, kid-friendly goods, and more, will run every Wednesday from June 15th through September 14th, 2022, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. In addition to vendors, the market will also host musicians each week, as well as family entertainment and yoga. Vendor applications for the 2022 Mountain Village Market on the Plaza are available at townofmountainvillage.com and are due by April 1st.
Colorado Democrats have chosen new leaders for this legislative session. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. Senator Steve Finberg of Boulder is on track to be promoted to Senate president later this month. He will replace Leroy Garcia, a Pueblo Democrat who is resigning to take a job at the Pentagon. Finberg is best known for his efforts to give local governments more control over oil and gas regulations. He also led the Capitol's response to the mass shooting at a Boulder King Supers by passing a bill allowing cities to ban assault weapons. Democrats also selected Senator Dominic Moreno of Commerce City to take Fenberg's place as majority leader. I'm Scott Franz at the state capitol. As climate change becomes more front and center across the world, communities are looking to transition away from fossil fuels. This winter, KOTO is partnering with stations in the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition to report a series of stories looking at that shift. Today, we're heading to the classroom. Students at Fort Lewis College are learning a different approach to learning about climate change and how to transition away from using fossil fuels. KDUR's Sarah Flower has more. This is my dream course. This is my dream course because it's the course, the only course I teach that's about the what could be for science rather than the fundamentals and the building blocks and making sure that you have the skills that you need. Dr. Heidi Stelzer is a professor of environment and sustainability and biology at Fort Lewis College. This semester, she's teaching a course on science values and environmental leadership, an upper division level class that takes a different, more solutions-oriented approach to science. This includes examining the ecological effects of climate change and exploring alternative energy systems that move us away from fossil fuels. For Stelzer, Teaching about what could be to future environmental leaders is just as important, if not more, than the basics of these subjects. It's recognizing where and how much more learning comes from asking questions and where I can pop in fundamentals, but we're not dominated by fundamentals. There's still so much about the basic biology that we will cover, but we'll cover it through story, we'll cover it through questions. Why does the ocean currents flow? Why is there wind? In the first week of class for the spring semester, roughly 20 students filled the classroom as small breakout groups were formed to discuss what the current role is for scientists and science in society today. Ashley Jorgensen is a senior majoring in environmental sciences at the college. Jorgensen says scientists' biggest role is to make a difference, especially when it comes to fossil fuels. We have the technology there to make changes. Like my first thought was like energy sources and like solar panels have so much potential, but they're not being implemented anywhere. And so I think that's on a policy level for sure because individuals can take action, and I think it's a mix of both. Jorgensen says she appreciates the more philosophical approach to science and recognizes her role as a future environmental leader. Although looking ahead, Jorgensen feels that making those critical changes about fossil fuels on a policy level is our best hope. But for Stelzer, working and learning from the students' ideas is what helps her become a better professor and a scientist that can create change. I learn as much, if not more, from students than anything I've ever taught them. And so when I hear that phrase, teaching solutions, I think if we can 
grow out of the space of what we see as the norm and, and sort of our first thought about what teaching is and recognize it's a community thing because I have my biases, you have your biases, we all, all have those experiences that have influenced us for better and for worse and where and how do we step into a space where we're open to hearing how would you solve something? Tools do you want? What ideas matter? Who do you see is important? So we all have to be part of that teaching, learning, growing, thinking space. This course's theoretical approach is just one of many in how education will play a crucial role in transitioning away from fossil fuels as they educate a new generation of environmental leaders. For KDUR News, I'm Sarah Flower. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-20s. Friday expects sunny skies with a high around 40 degrees and wind gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low in the mid-teens. Saturday calls for sunny skies with a high in the mid-30s. Saturday night expect clear skies with a low near 20 degrees. This has been the news for Thursday, February 10th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.